Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of the Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. The Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue to explore the themes of this holiday season. In particular, we'll be looking at the love that came when Jesus arrived in Bethlehem. Several years ago, there was a man who was a high school teacher that was being interviewed, and he said that in his 15 years of teaching, he had asked high school students throughout America whether in an emergency situation, they would save their dog or save a stranger first. Most students have answered that they would not save the stranger. I love my dog. I don't love the stranger, they almost always say. That was fascinating to this teacher and uh, even to me because this feeling of love seems to have supplanted God or religious principle as a moral guide for young people. What is right has been redefined in terms of how an individual feels. This is particularly interesting because 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 says, God is love. So our feelings of love and the love that God is are not always the same. The love that we're called to and the love that we experience in Christ is something higher than just the warm, fuzzy feeling we get when we like something. So the problem is, how can the feeling of love replace God as a moral guide for people? Well, I guess the answer starts with what we mean by love, because we claim to love all manner of things. We love ice cream. We love our pets. We love our spouse. We love our children. We love our neighbor. And we often mean very different things uh, by all of those. But we have to ask ourselves at some point, do we truly love those things? Is there anyone that we truly love? And how do we know? Jesus coming to earth as a human being changes everything that we know about giving and receiving love. 1 John chapter 4 verses 8 through 12 says, Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. John tells us that genuine love is taught to us by God in that he sent his son to die for us. He goes on to say that we haven't seen God, but if we allow love to be perfected in us, we see God in one another. So as we reflect on this holiday season and what it means that Jesus came and brought love to this earth, we need to make sure we understand it so that we can copy it and imitate it and experience true love. 
something that we know about love is that our decision to express love is driven typically by one of two motivations. King David, who scripture tells us is a man after God's own heart, shows us both of these motivations and what they look like in action. So if you have a Bible handy, you're welcome to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 9 and follow along while I read. And David said, Is there still anyone left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and they called him to David. And the servant said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, Is there not still someone in the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God to him? Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He's crippled in his feet. The king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, He is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, at Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Machir and the son of Amiel at Lodabar. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold, I am your servant. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan, and I will restore to you all the land Saul your father, and you shall eat at my table always. And he paid homage and said, What is your servant that you show regard for a dead dog such as I? Then the king called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, All that belonged to Saul and all to his house I have given to your master's grandson. And you and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and shall bring in the produce that your master's grandson may have bread to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, shall always eat at my table. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Then Ziba said to the king, According to all that my lord the king commands his servant, so will your servant do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a son whose name was Micah. And all who lived in Ziba's house became Mephibosheth's servants. So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, for he ate always at the king's table, for he was lame in both feet. This story takes place after the death of Saul and Jonathan. During Jonathan's lifetime, David had made a covenant with him, saying he would always show him loving kindness, no matter what happened between David and Saul. We're told in Scripture that David loved Jonathan as he loved his own soul. After Jonathan's death, the servant in charge of taking care of Mephibosheth was afraid that harm would come to Mephibosheth, so he was taken out of the house to be hidden away. As they were escaping, the servant fell and broke both of Mephibosheth's legs, and he was lame in those legs for the rest of his life. He wasn't able to use them. And so we come to this story where David is looking to show kindness to Jonathan by finding any of his remaining family and show kindness to them. In this story, we see these expressions of love that are driven by two different motivations. The first is when our love sees value in someone or something else. It's when we experience lovely things and lovely people. David had this kind of love for Jonathan. He had made promises to Jonathan because he loved him 
as his own soul. It's recorded in multiple places, but one is 1 Samuel chapter 20. In verse 17, scripture records that Jonathan made David swear by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. This is the same kind of love that Jesus had for God. Jesus could look at God and all that he had done and all that he was. He understood God intimately being his son and was able to love him because he was lovable. There was value that God had for Jesus and Jesus saw it clearly and so he loved him. And in this way, Jesus models the love that we should have for God. As Jesus came and lived on earth and lived a perfect life and was willing to give his life for God's purposes, he models for us what it means to see God for who he truly is and love him for that and to be willing to give ourselves totally to him because we care so deeply for him. We don't understand this on our own. We needed Jesus to teach us. We needed to see what it looked like to love someone, in this case God, so deeply that we would be willing to give ourselves completely and totally to him. Jesus said himself, there is no greater love that anyone has than to be willing to lay down their life for a friend. Often we claim to love people. We are convinced that we must because we don't hate them. But the reality is genuine love and a deep and abiding love is one that would cause you to sacrifice for someone else. Often the people we say we love inconvenience us and we get frustrated with them and often cut them out of our lives. That is proof that we didn't actually love them. We liked whatever benefit they provided for us, but we didn't love them. Jesus shows this unconditional, completely sacrificial love and says, this is what love really looks like. Just because you're having warm, fuzzy feelings doesn't mean that you love the person or the circumstance that you're in. It means you like the benefit that you're deriving from it. In the story, we also see another motivation for love at work, and it's when love creates value. It's not that the thing we love has any inherent value to us. It's when we care about it because it's special or important to someone whom we do love. Mephibosheth in the story doesn't know David. David doesn't know Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth is lame. He can't provide anything to David. He can't help him in any way, really. He is going to be a drain on David's resources and time and energy. But David loves him and is willing to show him kindness. Why does he love Mephibosheth? It was because of his deep love for Jonathan. This is the same kind of love that Jesus has for us. Jesus didn't know us personally when he came to earth and lived out his ministry and died on a cross. He hadn't met us. We are currently living almost 2,000 years past these events. But Jesus knew how important people were to God. God had created people. God had created those people through him. Jesus knew that there was value to people because they had value to God. And so he was willing to give of himself, to die for all of mankind. Even people who had 
done harm to him personally, even people who rejected God, because Jesus knew God cared about every one of those people. And so in Jesus coming and living his life, we learn how much God loves us. Remember what Jesus says in John three sixteen: for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God loved the world that much. And Jesus loved God that much that he was willing to go through that. He knew that the benefit would come to others, but he wanted that. And he loved us enough because of his love for God. And this is the love that God asked us to show other people in this holiday season uh, where we're often out shopping and getting frustrated with people because they cut us off in traffic or they got the last item that we wanted or they crowded us too much or they're taking too long to accommodate us. We need to remember that Jesus brought a great gift of love. He helped us understand what it means to love God because of his value to us, but he also helped us to understand how to love people who seem to have no value to us, but they're special to God. And so we see them the way God sees them, and we care about them the way God cares about them. And even if they're misbehaving or doing harm to us, we love them deeply because God does. See, love can see value in lovely things, in things that are easy to love. But love can create value when we love God who provided them. This is not a love that comes easy because it is unconditional and it's not based on our emotions or our feelings. It's based on our responsibility to care for those that God has put in our path. During this holiday season, I hope you'll have your eyes and hearts open to express love to people who are loved by you solely because you know God loves them too. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.